Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. On today's Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast, the White Sox, yes, those White Sox are your AL Central Division champs. We're celebrating on the show and talking all things Sox as they make their last push towards the playoffs. And then I guess we'll have to talk about the Bears and all the chaos that's going on with them. Will they ever have more than one yard of offense? And are they moving to the Burbs? All that and more coming at you on Believe in Chicago Sports. It's the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast. I'm Dan Collins here with my co-host, Joey Gelman, who you could find on Twitter at Joey Gelman. I'm on the Tweet Machine as well, at Tweet Dan Collins. This final of the show, you could find at Believe in Chicago on Twitter. That is the handle. The Chicago White Sox, Joey, you can put it on the board. Yes, yes. Central Champs. The first time since 2008. Let me do the math on that. 10, 11, 12, 13 years. Am I doing the math correct? Yeah, that's 13. Yeah, we'll that'd be 13 that. seasons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the math checks out. Don't worry about it. But yeah, first time in, in, in quite, quite some time and very weird when it happened. I don't know if you were watching the doubleheader or, I mean, obviously it was during the workday, so I'm not sure how much you were able to peek of it, peek at it, but. It was interesting. Like you win, you win the division, and then like you have to go play a game in a co- in like a couple hours or whatever. Like that little mini break was, and then obviously there was there was plenty of festivities, and rightfully so, you know, enjoying the accomplishment after you know the second game. Um, yeah, I was at the game. I guess we're kind of dating the show a little bit. I'm only recording, but this the show obviously will air Friday. I was at yesterday's game, which would be a Wednesday, as we're recording on Thursday. Not to confuse anybody, but I was at the game last night with uh, Carlos Rodon and. You know, Joey, I, I, heading into the postseason, the 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 thing that I'm thinking about the most because still like where the swagger's at with the team, like what I'm seeing offensively for the most part. I love that we don't have to do no, no goofy wild card nonsense. You know those those you know fluky type of series with that. It's just send us straight to the to, to the ALDS. Let's get things going. It's looking. I think last I checked, it's been a, it's been a little bit of time. Houston actually uh, was leading in their game tonight. It was like the sixth inning, so it looks like they might go on ahead and win today as well. And looking like they're gonna just inch the White Sox out for home field advantage in that in that first series. Which things could change, but from where it stands now, you know, if we're entering the playoffs tomorrow, White Sox would be um, not having the home field advantage in that one. Which hoping to go to one of those games, by the way, Joey. But uh, I'll keep you posted. Because that would be nice to experience. But question then becomes, how do you shape up this rotation? And that's kind of one of the things I was eyeing yesterday at the ballpark was, you know, watching the the performance of Rodon. And nothing too concerning necessarily, but it does, you know, you, you do feel a certain type of way when hey, he's lucky to, to have gone. I mean, he's, he's gone the whole stretch. I mean, the... the Think about the, the, the rodown of last year and years prior with all the injuries, and he comes back this year. Great season, great success. We see him all the way to the end, entering the postseason. I get it, but still looks like a little different out there than the rodown in April and the rodown in May, and you know the the no hitter stuff and what have you. And loss of velo, which is a little concerning because obviously you have to be a little bit of a different pitcher if you can't just throw it up there 96, 97, you know, 98, you know, mostly around that 96, 97 range and just, you know, fan batters left and right. So I think it obviously plays into 
how do you set the rotation up going into the, you know going into this? I think no matter what, you're turning to Lucas Giolito game one, most likely Keuchel. Then you know you 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 mix it up with Cease, Rodon, or whatever you have to do, or you know throw Giolito again if you you know in a game five or something like that. You know wherever wherever it gets you, if it even gets that far. And obviously you know we're thinking a little bit ahead here. We, we you know we got to go on ahead, and I'll be like a manager like coach me. We got we got to win game one. We just got to go out there you know pitch well and, and win game one. But exciting. I mean this is. Once again, back-to-back postseason appearances, right? Back-to-back years in the postseason for the Chicago White Sox. Like, one, how awesome is that? Division champs. This is like, it's not newfound territory for me as a Sox fan. It's like, oh, yeah, like, I remember what this was like for that brief stint, you know, 10-plus years ago. You know, when you're thinking of the 05 years and the 08, it's like, oh, okay, like, welcome back. Like, let's uh, let's stick around for this team for a while. So, I don't know about you, Joey. I don't know about your uh, postseason um Ticket plans or anything like that. I don't know. You've been to, to many a White Sox game this year, so maybe True. I'll see you out there on the south side for one of these games. Well, I can't. I, yeah, I'd like to, but I also have a gripe to pick with younger Joey because he didn't go to any of the Cubs playoff games when they made their run because. Oh wow! It was. I don't know why. Like my fa- like my family, like we just didn't. I think there was so much chaos going on, and we, I had a new job and worked at, and 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 you know, first job out of college means zero money. And I, like, didn't think of, like, going to buy tickets. And my parents, for some reason, like... Because they're very sport-first. Like, I mean, obviously, as you know, we have Bears tickets and everything. And we just... I don't know why. Everything got busy and we just didn't do it. And now I regret that. And so I can't sit here and go, Oh, yeah, I'm going to go to every single White Sox game to the World Series. And then tell my Cubs I didn't go see them. So that's my inner quarrel I have. But they're worth going to see because it's going to be fun. And I hope it's a long playoff run for them. Um, it's funny. They were saying, you know... The, the Bulls had their decade, the Hawks had their decade, the Cubs had their half a decade, the Bears are the Bears, so no. But the White Sox now, hopefully, are in the beginning of their five to ten year window of of competing. And it, and it's funny that we sit here and you go, wow, back-to-back years for the White Sox. And you go, that, like, that should be normal. But it hasn't been, and it wasn't for the Cubs either. Yeah. And so it's, it, it, it's going to be fun. I, I don't know, it, it, as a Cubs fan... In a weird way, because obviously they gave up on the season, I kind of have tuned out of baseball for the past month, you know, and and, and you forget that there's really good stuff going on, whether it's the crazy races in the AL and the Mariners, what have you, or the White Sox clinching, and it's it's still alive and well, and so it's I think it's going to be a big, nice jolt back when this all begins very quickly, especially as I know we'll get into the Bears aren't, you know worth anyways time so oh you want you want to talk about that tonight yeah that's i forgot that's in the tease isn't it oh boy we can redo the tease we just did it yeah no, just just do a, just a whole white sock oh yeah there you go um no no it's it, it's funny like you know we, we bring up the years and stuff like that because i remember i became a white Sox fan in 2000 and it's funny like i'm just looking through like historical things right now and you know just kind of going through going through the yesteryears and reminding myself what it was like even just to win a division title you know something is like very first step into the overall big goal of what any team sport is and winning a championship and that first year as a white Sox fan 2000 central division champions and if you even look at that first decade you know if you go back to like oh my first you know decade as a white Sox fan you're talking 2000 2005 2008 three you know, division championships within that decade. I mean, not extremely successful, but comparative to how 
the second decade ones, right? You know, when you go from 2010 to, you know, 2020, which they, they did have the wild card appearance last year, significantly different. And then obviously you throw in the 05 World Series into that decade. Well, it's not a first bad 10 years of following, you know, your favorite baseball club, right? But it, it's, it's just a unfortunate reminder of, hey, like this – this isn't like automatic, you know, because like you said, it's oh back to back playoff appearances last year, wild card this year, the division like that's pretty awesome. That should be pretty status quo for a team like the Chicago White Sox, right? Well, it's not necessarily like that. It's never been like that, like in their history, unless you go all the way back, like to literally the the beginning of the century, last century, you know, when they're winning the World Series in 1906, 1917. Then of course you had the scandal. Um, you know, right, right, right before was it or after the, the 1917 World Series? So. But other than that, like, you know, it's not like the White Sox ever, like, you know, reigned supreme. You know, they had a you know, little run in the 50s right. and things like that. You know, Al Lopez and Louis Aparicio, White Sox. And, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the whole point I guess I'm trying to make here is like, you, you have to appreciate it while it's here, you know? Yeah, no, the. the, the... I, I don't. I know they're built to win for years, you know, the next couple seasons, but. Yeah. You can never still take that for granted, even though you have that on paper and they're producing right. now. And, you know, I'm not, I'll knock out wood. I don't want to jinx anything, but. Saw what happened with the Cubs and how they were supposed to win for years and years and years after 2016, and that wasn't the case. And hey, like I said, I, I, that's that's you know not not what I'm trying to say about the White Sox, but it's you know that that's another thing I'm going to remind myself. You know, when I tune into Game One, you know, of the ALDS is just even just cherish it as you know as much as as much as you can because you know you just never know like when you're going to get another playoff appearance. As crazy as it sounds, no, it's true. I mean, I'm just looking online here. The White Sox. I mean. You know, there were a lot of years in baseball, which is still mind-boggling to me. We have to do a whole show on that, of how they never had playoff. Like, they just had two teams at the end, World Series, so a team with 90 wins pennant, yeah. would you miss really every year. Pennant. So, yeah. and, and I forget when they started doing modern playoffs, but the Sox have only made those playoffs 10 times. So, it's, it, I mean, yeah, it's talking, not yeah. that much. So, you're right to cherish yeah. it, you know? I mean, yeah, you're literally talking about the days when, what was it? Like, if you're looking at the AL, it was like New York Yankees versus insert team for the pennant. And then, right. you know, Yankees go to the World Series, Yankees win the World Series. But, yeah, that's what it would have been in the National League is, all right, who's who's going up against just one other team? Because, like, you knew it would be basically the Yankees, right, for, like, the stretch of through the 60s and whatnot, you know. So even, like, the 20s or whatnot, if you think about it, it's like there was such a long stretch here, right, where it was like, all right, who are the best two teams in this league? Who are the best two teams in that league? It was basically a Final Four. So, you know, imagine playing, you know, back then, obviously it wasn't 162, but... Right. But no, I mean, even, know, even like in... So nine, what, 154. Right, or even <laughs> in, I mean, in, in, and I don't know the whole specifics of that year, but like, okay, in 1990, they had 94 wins, missed the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you had 90 wins in 77, missed the playoffs. 87 wins in 72, you missed the playoffs. 95 wins in 65, missed the playoffs. 98 wins in 64, missed the playoffs. 94 wins in 63, missed the playoffs. 98 wins 98 wins, right. Because they didn't have a playoff. It's insane to me how they didn't think, oh, maybe we should make more money for our teams and build playoffs. Like, that's mind-boggling. But it's baseball, so they're always backwards. But, you know, it's it's just crazy how that... I mean, that, that's why the regular season mattered so much more. But it's right. it's fascinating. So, you're yeah, it's, it's you, you gotta... Love these moments. And as the Cubs fan of the room, I can tell you, it, it may go away quicker than you ever dreamed. So hold Imagine on to it. 98 wins. Imagine having 98 wins and you don't, and you don't, well, who was playing in the pennant that year? I'm guessing the, the Yankees with 100 plus look. wins, obviously. And you said 19, what, what year was that 1964. now? 1964. 
1964. Oh, it was definitely the Yankees. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely to look at it. And, you know, we could, you know, you could break down, you know, what are we going to do here? The thing is... It's, oh, it's here, the Yankees, like, the Yankees beat them out by one game. They had 99 wins. The Sox were a game out to close the year. Wow. So basically just the Yankees win the pennant just because of the regular season? Yeah, because there was no postseason. So just the best two teams in baseball right. made the World Series. So it was the Yankees and the Cardinals. The Cardinals with 93 that, wins, the National League. That is just insane to me. Right? That, like, <laughs> you know, that's just, it's just nuts. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I actually kind of totally forgot about that myself. Yeah, because then even when they started playing for the pennant, yeah, correct me where I was wrong, it was just still just, just the top two teams still, like in those leagues, like AL and even NL. Like there really wasn't, wasn't really a playoff. It was just, okay, the, these two teams are playing for the pennant. I think I have that correct. I think. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's just nuts. Like you said, like could almost win like 100 games and you don't have a chance to play for the World Series. It's <laughs> it's pretty nuts. Yeah, they're by a game, 99 and 63, 98 and 64. Wow. And then you even look, hey, look, tell me this wouldn't have been a good playoff. You also have the Baltimore Orioles who finished with 97 wins. Jeez, right. it's almost like those, you know, the, and then the team below them. I mean, Detroit with 85 wins. But still, it's like, well, it's almost like you could have just thrown those four teams or, you know, four, you know, four clubs in there and seen what happened. Because even you look at the other end of it, the St. Louis Cardinals, 93 wins, Phillies, 92, Reds, 92, Giants, 90. It's just nuts. Absolutely nuts. But. Here we are. Different times now. Baseball. Look, you see, baseball has evolved. Baseball <laughs> has evolved. This has become like a, this has become like a like a like a historical podcast now. All of a sudden, but so then can I make no, the excuse I mean, that the Cubs didn't win for all those years because they weren't allowed to make the playoffs? Right. That can be my excuse. I mean, technically, I guess. No, they were just bad. Never mind. Well, at least, <laughs> at least not in 1964. Yeah, because they finished with 76 wins, 10, 10 games below 500. But no, I mean, it, it is something to think about. I mean, heck, for all you know, the Chicago White Sox were good enough to win the World Series that year in 1964 if they were given the chance, right? Like, who knows? Now I got to look at the rosters if I'm going to know any of the names, <laughs> but. Um, as we transition into the next topic, which, you know, it's funny, Joey, I was thinking about this and talking beers, right? You know, first we'll actually get to just the ruckus of the team itself and what the hell is going on. Then, of course, you know, we're going to mention Arlington and what the heck that might look like in a few years, if and when. It seems pretty inevitable, right, that, that they will end up in Arlington Heights at the uh, former racetrack, which we'll, we'll get to in a second. But as I was thinking about it, it's like, you know, this we could talk for hours about the beers. We could talk for two minutes about them. Like it's just so, so ridiculous. true. You know, it's so ridiculous. I'm tired of it. And the thing is, I, I had to have said this multiple times last year. And I know everybody up in arms from local to, to national media, just totally ripping Matt Nagy and, you know, something that's obviously not going to happen. Literally just after week three, you're saying he's got to get out of there. Literally has to lose his job just a few weeks in. Well, probably because he, it was questionable that, you know, he was, it was a questionable decision to bring him back anyways. Like, you know, how the fan reaction and media reaction after, after they went ahead and made that announcement to bring the whole band back together with Nagy and Pace. But multiple times I had to have said last year, what is the point of knowing you have this fantastic offensive strategy, this fantastic offensive game plan, if it only works if so many things go right and there's so many working pieces. Like, there's way too many ifs. Like, 
if you're if your offensive guru of a game plan, you know, game plan works only if like all these ifs are checked out of the box. Only if we have a functioning line that could like I can have our tackles on an island and you know we can, we don't need max protect and you know the the quarterback needs to understand it too and we need wide receivers on a tight end who could like if you need this whole spiel they're like, what's the point? Then you're not really that much of a genius. You're just somebody who has a specific plan that may or may not work. Well, we'll probably never see it work in the NFL because if Nagy really does a terrible job here, who knows what his next step is. Sure, he might get some kind of offensive you know, gig elsewhere eventually, I would assume. But what the heck's the point then? Like, The, the, the thing to me is if, if you're going to be the head coach and if you're going to be like the biggest offensive mind in the room, which everybody says he is, then just just figure out what you have, right? I, I think we said this multiple times last year. Like, this is what you have. You have an O line that you, you can't have a thirty nine year old, you know, Peters out just on an island by himself. When what was it, four or five months ago, he was on this fishing boat, retired, right? It's like he's just not. There's there's he's limited, right? It's not a great career, but like. When you're thirty nine, you came out of retirement because you basically were like you know you were while you came to terms of walking away from the game. Now it's one of your linemen out there and you just want him, you know, against one of the better lines in the league, which the, you know, the Browns definitely looked like that last week, right? It's like, you can't have that. So if what you have is a line that can only do so much with limited protection, right? Or, you know, with, with a limited type of package like that, a rookie quarterback who now, you know, you need to start. And he was the number two man on the depth chart, right? Joey, it wasn't like, no, no matter what, like, he is just like, we won't even dress him on game day. He's on the roster, but, you know, he is way far behind. If for whatever reason Dalton has to go down, we're going to Foles. Like, no, you said, well, he's not necessarily ready yet, but he's the number two guy. Okay, well, then it was, a, it's, injuries happen. Like, I know you don't plan for injuries, but he should have still been taking some type of, you know, first team snaps and reps, like, during, during practices and whatnot. Like, that's what you had. You had the rookie quarterback who eventually was probably going to find some, you know, field time anyways this year. No pun intended with the field. But so you have that limited O-line. You have a rookie quarterback. And you know what you have, you know, in, in Montgomery and in your, in your receiving core. Make that work. And for whatever reason, the answer is just no. Like, it's going to be this or the highway. Even if, like, it's crumbling in front of my eyes, which, Joey, I just do not understand for the life of me. Like, I... I I just don't get it. I, and it's, it's beyond frustrating. It's, it's, and we, I think we, we use these same words last year. It's puzzling. Like, I just don't, I just legitimately don't understand it. And what's the point of trying to now, right? Like, I think that's why there's a lot of people out there with the whole, Oh, go on ahead and just, um, you know, you know, fire him. Like we need to get Negi out of town because people have come to terms with, there's no point in trying to figure it out. Like call it arrogance, call it stubbornness, call it whatever you want. It's just not going to work because the lies are there. You say you're going to adjust and you just don't. Yeah. And, and I said it this weekend, um, that it's very Mike Martz 2.0 here where you're literally only believing in your scheme, no matter if the game as in general has evolved, the game in front of you has evolved, or if it's simply not working because you are so steadfast in your belief, in your in your system and yourself. And, you know, that, that seems to be coming to a fault right now. And it was funny, it was ironic that Greg Olson's doing the broadcast because that's exactly what happened to Greg Olson. They chose scheme over player, shipped him out of town, he had a 10-year Pro Bowl career and a Super Bowl appearance with the Panthers. But I'm not bitter at all. So it's it's just wild to kind of 
play this now where he's choosing this scheme that clearly isn't working. Like, it's it's not working. And that little gif on the side with Foles and Dalton, and I don't know if no one will know because there was no sound, but it looked like he said, Matt's offense isn't working, so I want to believe that's what it was. Um, and it, it just... It's so hard. Like, you watch the other games and it flows. This offense seems to be so stagnant and so hard. And I know the players aren't, you know, the greatest in the world, but they're not that bad. And they're just putting them in positions to fail. And, and I think, you know, it, it can be Martian in that regard. But then also, you know, you're seeing it affect Matt Nagy's ability to be a head coach. And at the end of the day... I do think he's a decent head coach. I think the players like him. I think he commands the locker room. I think he instills, you know, confidence in players. But by him doing both jobs, basically, and calling plays and head coaching, he's taking away from both. And, you know, they asked him this week about uh, one of the drops by Allen Robinson or what had happened. And he goes, oh, I didn't see that play. I was working on calling the next play. And you go... You can't do that. If you're the head coach, you have to know exactly what's going on at all times. Your offensive coordinator is the guy that's maybe missing a few things here and there, but you can't miss stuff or understand maybe why that didn't work because you're reacting to maybe what the defense gave you versus already going to your little Madden play sheet and moving forward without seeing what just happened. And it's all this formulaic material in a playbook that's not relating to the game in front of them. And, you know, I, I listened to a lot of stuff this week, and, you know, the, the score as Sage Rosenfeld's on, and not that he's a world-beating quarterback, but, like, him and Orlovsky, the career backups, are the best analysts, it seems. And, you know, all they kept saying was, okay, here's the play. Here's what Nagy called. It's never going to work against this defense. And they didn't check. They didn't do anything. They went with it. And they kept doing that over and over and over again, setting themselves up to fail. And it's it's like me picking plays in Madden, where I'm not worrying about the defense is going to show me. I'm just going to pick the play I think is going to work. But that may be stuffed at the line nine times out of ten. And you you, you got to wrap your head around working within the game and making adjustments. And it just seems that Nagy's too stubborn to, to do that. And it's to a fault now where he may have to fire himself again and not call plays. I mean, it's just it's going to be weird. But it just looks so broken again. And that's like you said, it, it it's so disheartening and frustrating because you want to see it work and you know now you probably have a guy that's really really good at quarterback and it's still just this system that doesn't work and and I don't know how you get excited or how you fix it because it it, it keeps happening we're seeing this trend repeat now through what three three or four quarterbacks now so you know maybe Mitch is the best thing since sliced bread and it was Nagy that ruined him you know he could be it, who knows? It's just sorry. That's and we'll never that, know because now he's in Buffalo behind a stud. He's not going to get any playing time there, right? I know, and, th- and that <laughs> but, yeah, that's my rant. <laughs> th- th- that's the thing, though, is like he really wants to run these plays, even if they don't work, or it's even beyond the adjustments, Joey. It's beyond like yeah, potentially he doesn't know how to adjust well. At least he hasn't really showed much of that, you know, halftime adjustments, things of that nature. But to me, it's more mind-boggling than whether or not he can even make these adjustments because he's an NFL head coach, right? He's he's been in the league for a few years. Part of the Andy Retree. At what, like, at what point do you just not realize, like he's had to have realized, like we don't have the talent 
to do this. Right? I mean, this has been a thing for, for the past few years. I mean, it, it, like I said, it always comes back to that is, yeah, if you just took Dan Collins from off the street and now, you know, I'm the Bears give me like a, you know, some random, some random contract and now I, I go play quarterback, like I can't do anything. But what, you think I'm going to like run whatever offense you have? Like, what, like at, at what point do you just not look and say, we don't have the talent for it? Because think about, think, think about what, as the head coach, he has to be. When the season's over, right? Or even like before the season's over, like all the way through training camp, through the regular season, all the way to the end, everything's an evaluation, right? Like, aren't you always everything's evaluating? <laughs> yes. Well, the, the, there you go. But you're always evaluating your players, right? It's because you have to know, okay, how are we going to draft? Who are we going to cut? What are we going to do in free agency? I mean, that's any sport. I mean, it's it's just simple. Like that's just what you do. You're constantly evaluating what you have, so then you you, you know how to build in the future. That being said, that means you have an eye for talent or lack thereof, whether it be, you know, age, you know, just just things you can't do anymore, which which might be the, you know, the issue with Peters. Like if you like that's part of your job, too, is to evaluate what you have. And then once again, game plan around that. So why are you legitimately forcing it? Like, I do believe Negi is come on. You could be just 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 a regular Joe Schmo viewer of of the NFL sitting on your couch, and you could figure out what guys are kind of bad. And now you you could say like, oh, either they're bad or they're put in a very very not you know leverageable situation for themselves. Like they're not put in a good situation to succeed, or they're just super bad talent wise. So Nagy could see that. I don't care how caught up into his play sheet he is, which yes, please start watching every play, Matt Nagy. But I don't care even how caught up into that he is. He looks at the tape. I'm sure he views the tape like a madman. You know what you have and what you don't have talent-wise. And once again, it just all circles back to like how mind-boggling that is. And we haven't even talked yet about like the whole Justin Fields thing or how the, just literally the offensive numbers were disgustingly historically bad. Like, what was it? Like, worse, like net yards or whatever, like in the central. Yeah, or, or they had less yards than Justin Tucker's game-winning kick. Yeah, that too. Just Justin Tucker's, yeah, just that game-winning kick. Like, that's the only one you have to take. Just a 66-yard game winner, more more net yards than, than than what the Bears put up in their Sunday performance. So it's like when you only have to even look at like it's there, like the writing's on the wall. It's an, it's 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 on the field. It's in the film when you rewatch it. Like you know what you have and what you don't have yet. You don't want to plan around it. And I just to me like I'll th- that's going to be his legacy. Right, that's going to be Matt Nagy's legacy is that he just doesn't know how to utilize the talent he has. Yep, you know it's funny. It's the opposite of Tibbs, right? Tibbs didn't have great teams, but knew how to get the most out of them and made ridiculous playoff runs. This is the opposite, and and I think it's getting more to your second point. I think it's less about this team not being as good as other teams because, granted, they're not, but they're still a decent NFL roster that should win games. It's the second point of their what they have and the players they have are not being put in a position to succeed. And you're seeing right. it day in and day out. Like all we've heard the last three years, whether it was you know, Darnell Mooney or um Gibson or now with Goodwin. I'm sorry, not Gibson, with Taylor Gabriel, excuse me, Taylor Gabriel and Goodwin, right? You go, okay, there's speed, right? That's what you signed up for. Get these guys for speed. And then they're running a curler route or a route that's before the line to gain, and they're not breaking out and breaking free. 
and you go, you're not using them for what they're here for. Or you see, okay, David Montgomery's good out of the backfield. Let's let's throw that sweep that they did, you know, in the last game. Not seeing on the other side, every single defensive scheme was to that side. You have to switch it. And it's just it's, it's little things like schematically or just knowing your player personnel that can get you a lot better. You still may not win, but you can at least have an offensive identity that moves you down the field. I mean, it, it it's just it's unwatchable almost the entire game. And it's so frustrating because you have pieces that can do stuff for you and need to be taken advantage of. And you can't tell me it's, oh, we're just waiting for Tree Cohen to come back. It's like, no. And, and you got 10 tight ends. Use them to help you block if you know this line's that bad. I mean, it's just, I will tell you first and foremost, I don't know anything schematically about football that I should. I never played. I'm just a diehard fan that's been ingrained in my brain and my heart for a million years. But if others like me are saying the same things I'm saying and you're saying and we're all saying and we're all witnessing because these flaws and mistakes are simple to us, I'm not saying I could fix it, but I know what's going on that's wrong. And that's a problem if we can see it. And it's a matter of time before everyone else keeps catching on and this thing kind of spirals. I hope we're wrong and I hope they turn it around because Justin Fields, I think, will be special. But for right now, it's it's a really, really tough watch. Yeah, and I mean, even more to that, that that's where it gets even more just, once I, like, mind-boggling. I can't, you know, there's there's plenty of other ways to put it, but you think about it and you go, no, you're right, Joey, but, and this is, once again, it's a reoccurring theme, which is why I don't think he's going to get fired, like, during the season, but I can't see this team. If, if they keep up this type, you know, of game planning, if this is just what's going to be the status quo for another year, can't see them winning, you know, much more than like you know what five games. You know, they'll be lucky to win six at this pace. Of, this is like this. Is, well, yeah. If, if this is how they're going to game plan, if this is how they're not going to adjust, and if they're just going to stick, you know, and try to force, force, force game plans with talent that they don't have, or talent like you said that could be used differently. You know, you do have talent. You know, it's not like it's necessarily a lack thereof situation. It's just you're not putting them in the best situations to succeed. Now it goes back to that reoccurring theme of this is probably why he won't be back the year after this year we'll we'll see about that but because no this is literally just the reoccurring theme of you don't even want to try to win with a method that's not yours so it's almost like it's like would you be bothered if like would you feel like not this bit of satisfaction of say okay now we have to game plan and we have to try to attack the the you know the x coming to you know the lions you know the, the kneecap eating lions you know now we have to attack them this way and even if you win but you win, it's not your way. It's almost like you're upset about that, or like you would be upset. I'm not trying to put words in Nagy's mouth or saying that's what the case is, but it's like, then what is it? <laughs> like, is it you can game plan differently, but you just literally don't even want to succeed that way to where, because now that's why you're forcing it, right? Like, you only want to succeed one way. Like, if the Chicago Bears are going to succeed under, you know, under my watch, it's going to be because we did it this way and no other way. And I don't think any, I don't care who you are, there is not a coach in the NFL that could coach any team unless you just handed Hall of Famers left and right and an awesome line and this and that. Like, unless you have everything given to you, there's no NFL coach, uh, head coach that could survive in the league with, with that kind of mindset. And once again, I don't know if that's exactly what's going on in his head, but then what is? I don't know. I'm just so tired of this. It's just like I, 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 I just want to be not having to worry about this or rooting for them to get 
potentially rid of people or change things in order to get better. I just want them to be better. And I was hoping that would be the case with Fields, but, you know, clearly he's just in, in a tough spot with this coaching staff right now, and, and I'm not ready to give up on him, of course, but, you know, you're just, you just, you, no. you, you, you wonder if he can succeed with this regime, but... There's still a lot of season left, and, you know, hell, this team was a playoff team last year, if you can believe it or not. So anything can happen, but it's just it's it's very maddening to watch every weekend, that's for sure. But, you know, maybe, just maybe, we will soon have a new place to maddeningly watch this team. There you go. See, I took yeah. the segue this time. Ha! <laughs> My specialty, no, how could you? I'm how sorry. could you, Joe? All right, let's see. What what was yours? What were you going to come up with? Speaking of, what were you going to do? No, I was going to say, basically, I was just going to... It's funny, you you know exactly where, where, where my brain was going. I was going to say, come the end of this year, if Nagy sticks with that, he's going to be heading out of town. And what doesn't matter, the Bears could follow him in a couple years, too, out of town, over to Arlington Heights. See, there Speaking you go. Of, boom, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, wow, it's almost like they, like, you know... Or they already have that in the works. Been having it in the works. It's funny. You want to know like my fake my fake conspiracy theory on it? The you know the Bears just went ahead and like kind of came up with the whole Arlington Heights thing again. Like they they went again. They went ahead and like put the gears in motion with that again, just to kind of deflect and like smokescreen what the heck's going to be going on for the rest of the year or like the current situation with the Bears. Like oh, yeah. uh, how are we gonna how are we gonna change the narrative in the news? Uh, let's let's kind of uh, let, 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 let's get the wheel turning once again with the uh, with Arlington Heights. How about that? You know, racing season's over. Let's uh, let's get to it right away so yeah i don't know it, it's weird it's it's funny like of course this was going to happen but i'm already seeing things out there you know you're reading things and you're hearing things about oh you might want the bears to go to arlington tonight so watch they're gonna they're gonna go out there they're not even gonna put a roof over the damn thing you know it's gonna like you know oh, actually they're only probably only have like sixty-eight thousand people or it, it's just something so silly you know instead of like this whole state-of-the-art sofi you know stadium-esque you know type of stadium themselves and i don't know it, it it's weird and I, I don't know how to feel yet. Like, I don't know how to feel about, like, it would have to be, like, an official done deal, and I would have to see them playing in a new stadium, whether it be Arlington Heights, which, obviously, if they're moving out of Soldier Field, like, that's going to be the place that they end up moving to because, well, it's already in the works. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't even know how I feel about it. I mean, there was the whole, what was it, 2002 when they played in when they played at the University of Illinois in Champaign for, for a season, which, when... Soldier Field was getting renovated. Remember, like Soldier Field was getting these massive renovations so that you know the Bears could stay in there for a long time, and then all they did was make it look like a saucer and like big didn't really do much help. So, yeah, I I, I don't know how to feel about it. You know, it's it's interesting. I I, I don't know. I, I think Bears fans are just their heads are so, so many other places down with this team that. It's like, okay, like, sure, I guess. Like, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to read the pulse of the Bears fans when it comes to this whole Arlington Heights experience. That I, seems inevitable to eventually yeah. happen in a few years. No, I think it's definitely ine- inevitable. Um, you know, I, I think more and more people are actually f- for it from what I'm gathering. I think this is 10, 20 years ago. You know, how could you ever take my team away from the city and all that? But, you know, now what they're building... As, as stadiums, I mean, almost all the Chicago stadiums are old or outdated, and that's just in the last 10 years, right? So, 
as nice as their renovations have been at Guaranteed Rate or even at Wrigley, United Center's had some nice touches, but it's still, in its core, very basic. And I think that's what Soldier Field is, even with the renovations. It's very, very basic. Do I like going to watch a game? Sure. But that's because, you know... I tailgate before and have all my food, drink, activities outside the stadium. If you're going in there, there's one pro shop. There's no activities. There's not great food options. It's cramped and small. It's a small stadium in the NFL. And the only only nice amenities, really, are for the club seats and the suite owners. That's it. There's nothing... Even in the first lower bowl, that's probably more expensive than some of those. There's not much there to do. And and you're seeing more now and now that you need things to do at a stadium. People, you know, I I have friends of mine, like, I, I'm the nut job that watches the Bears game, you know, every single snap. But I have other friends that watch it, but also want to watch the other games. And they sometimes don't want to go with me to a game because they will miss the other games, right? So So what are these stadiums doing? They're making sportsbook lounges. They're making game lounges and everything so you can be there, but also check your fantasy, do your gambling, do your sports betting, whatever it may be. You, it's an all-one amusement park game adventure land, right? And and yeah. Soldier Village isn't that. And so when push comes to shove, they can't build that where they are right now. It's historic and cool as it is to be yeah. there. They have to go somewhere else. And so, you know, I... I I think I'm pretty pretty for them doing that. I want to see them in a state-of-the-art facility, and we'll see what that turns into. And I'm sure a majority of the fans that come down to games are from those suburbs, so it may make my commute worse, but not theirs. But it's true. It's going to be interesting. I, I, I if, if they do it right, right? You know, if they're doing it with no no roof and sixty five and a half thousand <laughs> seats, you know, I'd be like, well, then what was the point? But then what's the point? Yeah, what was the point? But even no, if there's a hotel and, and sports book right. attached to it, right? What's the point? No, but I think they'll 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 make it, it like their very, own Bearsville. Um, yeah, I mean, it's when you just think of what the possibilities could be, it sounds exciting. Cause like I said, like, Oh, especially if, if, and when the team decides they want to get good, <laughs> you know, and hopefully we have something special here, like good enough. in Justin Fields, like, yeah, it would be pretty effing awesome to watch them down there. And I know like Boston is, is a significantly smaller city, but like, it almost reminds me of kind of like what Boston and like Gillette stadium. And, um, Oh, come on. Hold on. Don't tell me the suburb. And, um, is it Foxborough? Gillette For the Patriots? Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, for the pay. Yeah, so basically, like, it has that feel. We're like, oh yeah, we're you know, you're a Boston sports fan. They're like, and it's New England Patriots, but you know, it's Boston basically, it's Boston sports team. But like, you know, you travel down to Gillette and Foxborough, you know, to watch the game. And it's like, it would almost be the same thing now right. in Chicago. Okay, you know, you just travel down Arlington Heights to, to watch the team. The Giants no, and the Jets I mean, play in New Jersey. I mean, <laughs> you know, come on. <laughs> it's a fair point it's a fair point so yeah i mean it's it's only because like when it comes to an nfl stadium like you just need a significant amount of land and you know everything like no matter what it's going to be a traffic chaos even if you go on ahead and put it like you're not necessarily going to cause that like in terms of getting in and out of you know said stadium and said parking lots like you're not going to erase too much of you know of a headache there but yeah i mean you just need so much especially if you want to make it like you said bearsville for crying out loud like you just need so much space that like where are you going to find that in the city of chicago you know it's not just like you're putting up a forty thousand, thirty plus thousand you know 
baseball stadium or you know 20 20 to 30,000 right. you know arena at the, at the UC that you could kind of just plop there like no this is different you want to have hotels sports books hopefully like this is hopefully if you do a state of the art football stadium so you kind of have to you know yeah and we've been lucky all teams you know all of our teams have been in the city and being able to build in the city but now it's gotten to the point for the bears where their next move they can't they can't do any more than what they've already done to soldier field so you have to move out if you want to get done what you want to get done um so it'll be weird but i'm sure you'd get used to it you know it was one thing when you know, the fire were out in Hoffman Estates and no one was going to go, but, which is fine now that there is Hilder Field. But, you know, the people are going to go. And, and you can host Super Bowls. You can host Illinois in the Final Four. You know, whatever you want to do there, you can do. If there's a roof, you can. Yeah, that's if true. If there's a roof, you can host the Final Four in Super Bowls. But, oh, that'd be yeah. so Bears. We're building a state-of-the-art thing, but we want bear weather. So, okay. Right. Good luck. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like that, that's that's what it's going to be. So if if it's forty forty five plus minute commute, I'm actually looking. I'm actually looking it up now on what the uh, what it would be, and that's pretty much what my commute would be is about forty minutes to to said stadium. So I guess it's all worth it. Not bad. But see, now the other rumor conspiracy, as I heard in the score today, was that they're buying all this up, and then they're gonna before breaking ground that the McCaskies would sell the team. And then they get all the money from that, of course, and ever the, whoever the new owner is has full jurisdiction to build whatever the hell they want, and it could be five zillion dollars and and make it all fancy. I thought it was well, interesting. It's their way to cash out. Let the let, let the conspiracy uh, theories reign, oh, at least until the next couple of years, so where it's all figured out. But before we go on ahead and wrap it up, I guess predictions: Lions. Do the Bears get the dub? Does Does Justin Fields go on ahead, start a game, and get a victory? Yeah, I don't know if Fields going to start. We'll have to, I mean, it's literally going to come down probably, you know, today, meaning Friday when this is released, or early Saturday because of injury. But we'll see. I think they, I mean, my brain tells me it's the Lions, so they have to beat the Lions. But well, from what I saw yesterday, I'm scared. It'll be close. But I'll, I'll, I'll give the Bears the W this weekend. Score? Oh, that's scary. Uh, 17-14? I'm not going fancy points this week. How about say so, yeah? Could they could they pass? Could they get 200 yards of offense? I think it's going to be like a like a 21 to to 10 loss. To be quite honest, I could see it. Every everybody has lines in their head, and they think that's that's going to change things. But I'm sorry, and we'll we'll see uh we'll see next show if that changes. Yeah, that we will. Well, that's going to do it for us today on the Believe in Chicago Sports Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Believe in Chicago. I'm on Twitter at Joey Gelman. He's on Twitter at TweetDanCollins. Uh, Believe Podcast Network is where you can find us. And at least today when we're recording, it's International Podcast Day. So happy Podcast Day, my friend. Um, we are part of the amazing universe that is podcasts. Uh, so we thank you guys all for helping us uh, stay up to date and afloat in it because we love bringing this content to you. Um, until next time, Hopefully we have a Bears W and some White Sox playoff push to talk about and anything else you uh, may want to hear about in the world of Chicago sports. For Dan Collins, I'm Joey Gelman. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll see you next week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.